Whoa. Yes. In full Technicolor harmony. No, no listeners, Michael McDonald is not here in the studio with no, us today. No, we're still trying. We're yeah, still, still trying. Yeah. Open invitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we that are... Was Santana. Oh, okay. Open invitation. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's dive in. But before we do... Okay. Let's... Uh, Remind everyone that they are listening to Out of the Main, which can be found at outofthemain.com. So if you're looking for show notes, if you're looking for um, back episodes, some of the videos that we've done, we just released our Steve Picaro interview, which has bonus footage, mm-hmm. outofthemain.com is where to go. And uh, of course, follow us on Facebook and Twitter and be sure to comment. Tell me about that Anchors Away link one more time. Ah, well, we're going to hear about that later, but uh, to give you a uh, sneak peek, it is, uh, the reason it's called Anchors Away is because we used to be hosted on Anchor, then Spotify acquired Anchor, uh-huh. so Anchor's now away. Ah, <laughs> there it is, but that's a different spelling. Yes, but there is a link there that if anyone would like to support the podcast, that would be much appreciated, it covers our costs, keeps us going. And what would be their benefit, other than that, keeping well, us going? Which may not be beneficial to them. (laughs) That's true. Uh, So, but if nonetheless you still like to support the podcast, what it does is afford you an opportunity to be on the podcast, potentially. Definitely, you get first priority in shaping the content direction of a future episode. Very good. All right. Yes. So, what we are doing today, since Michael McDonald is a supporter, he got (laughs) to say, um, hey, why don't you do an episode on taking the peg and isolating the tracks and dissecting a Yacht Rock classic bit by bit? I would suggest putting away the Bluetooth speaker, Mm -hmm. getting a good set of headsets, whether those are buds or just a regular headset. You're going to want to hear this stuff up close and personal. There's a lot of nuance, a lot of detail, and uh, it's not just so you can hear our heavy breathing, you know? (laughs) It, it, you like is, that song that much, huh? Well, <laughs> no, it's just when I go through editing this, I'm like, I hear us going, <sighs> I'm like, oh, I got to cut that out. But anyway, so yeah, you're going to want to hear this. <laughs> got to get the kid with the gum. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. You're going to want to hear this up close and personal. So while you're doing that, we will say that we want to thank, uh, even though he doesn't know we're doing this, there's a YouTube channel called Russell Remixes that we're going to credit for uh the content where he has posted his own uh pro tools remixes of variety of songs a variety of genres mostly stuff from this era not all yachty but he says it is in order to sort of shine a light focus in on the greatness of these artists he doesn't really he's not attempting to change or remix them in a way that is reinventing them rather than picking them apart so we as the listener have the benefit of being able to hear these great little nuances because you know you yacht rock is as much about the session musicians underneath than it is as we say the person on the cover True. Right? So this gives us an opportunity to sort of strip away, no matter how good of a listener you think you are, until you pull some of these other parts out, you will not, you will be amazed at what is underneath. And Yacht Rock is also as much about the nuance as it is about the histrionics that you hear and that are obvious. The nuance is what kind of makes Yacht Rock, Yacht Rock. And and that's what's so much harder to hear. And we did this before with with, uh, Rosanna. Yes. We trapped in isolation with with those tracks and back then there were things you know i've heard that song a million times there were things that which you strip it all away like you said you hear for the first time that's also the case in in this more song so as well. for me on this yeah. one actually yeah mm-hmm. me too like things that i thought i knew too are th- i don't know i didn't know i had it wrong so yeah and the relationships between instruments when he isolates pairs of instruments so we're not getting all the time 
one instrument by itself. We're getting subgroups where he's mixing and pairing up things, even unlikely pairings. And you hear them together and you're like, wow, those two jive together too. Even though you wouldn't think they were done in relationship to each other. So we'll get to that. And I will link to uh, Russell, what's his name? I don't know that Remixes is his okay. last name, but the site is called Russell say, Remixes. Wow. Uh, Imagine being born with that name and getting well, into audio. Know, you know what you have to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will link to him so he gets the proper credit. Check those out. Um, real quick, let's remind people of the personnel. We did a whole episode on Asia. Um, we went track by track. Of course, we covered Peg a little bit, so go look for that as well. But um, So if you're wondering who the players are, we've got Rick Murata on drums, mm-hmm. Chuck Rainey on bass guitar. Uh, we're not going to hear the Fender Rhodes, but that was played by Paul Griffin. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're not going to hear the clavinet, but that was Don Grolnick. Uh, we will hear Steve Kahn on guitar. Yeah, he's funny. I didn't go back and listen to who was, uh, yeah, or, or go back and look up who the personnel was. I'd forgotten Steve Kahn was involved. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And of course, uh, Jay Graydon on the famous guitar solo. Uh-huh. Uh, Tom Scott. He's on Lyricon, which we will not help. No, we hear Lyricon. And uh, we will hear Michael McDonald. And then, of course, Victor Feldman and Gary Coleman on percussion. All right. So that's who the players are. So we're going to take this. First, we have um, a set of bed tracks. Yeah, he has two videos. One that he calls a guitar and bass breakdown. It also includes drums. And then the other one, which we'll get to later, he calls the vocal breakdown. Now, granted, he's working from the same sets of tracks. So there is some overlap. But... It's just where the focus is. So this one, the primary focus of this video was the guitar and bass. Yep. And uh, so we'll start with the guitar, bass, and drums, and we'll play a little of this. What I just the very first thing right away, I was this is the first thing I had wrong. I don't think I had the bass line exactly right in my head. Like, right, the notes are different than what I would have imagined them to be. Well, we get to hear this intro without the. Uh, the roads in there and without which I'm thinking I called it a synth lead but that's likely the Lyricon you pull those things out and now you get to hear what the original guitar which might be part of the basic tracks and bass are actually doing without hearing all of that on top so let's play the intro without the fluff on top So, when you, like you said, you strip everything away, it's amazing how much the bass actually anchors that part, which comes back, you know, it's a recurring theme. Yep. There's a lot of tasty bass in there. There's a lot more ghosting notes going on in there than I realized. Yep. On the bass, you mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. And then, the other thing I hear, I think maybe for the first time in their entirety, are the guitar plucks. Mm-hmm. This is probably Steve Kahn, right? Doing... I guess so. Yeah. yeah. That's not really something I associate with him, but it, it must be him. It's, and you, you pull out that Rhodes, you remove that, and suddenly you're able to hear lots of little, lots of little goobly goos in there. Well, let's hear those goobly goos. It's a nice moving part. It's very delicately played. Yeah. You don't hear that snappiness of, you know, really attacking it. It's very gently played, very precisely played. And he's got a lot of little movements in there, little fills, little turnarounds that are quite cool. Absolutely. It's a different take, like I said, than the typical palm mutes that we're used to in Yacht Rock. But it's it's a distant cousin, maybe. Yeah, maybe that's the more jazzy influence that 
someone like Steve Kahn would bring as opposed to Lukather, for example. Yep. So another little tasty thing he does is when you get up to about a minute 10, um, when the bass slapping part starts. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't think I've ever heard this little bing. Okay. Well, th- that was actually my next note. Okay. Is it, it's, you know, the reason they didn't want um, Rainey to slap theoretically or what we were told in the video was that it had become kind of um maybe overdone or maybe it pointed too much to disco mm-hmm. right and but we know that the story about how chuck rainey does it on the sly and kind of turns so they can't see that he's doing he starts popping but you know if they didn't want it to be quote disco-y going to that guitar part there the the guitar dies and the rhythm part is heavily disco influenced it's tasty too let's hear it and so another little tasty thing i don't think i ever heard this is a tiny little bass fill maybe two or three notes it's reminiscent of um doom 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 what song was that the uh just the two of us. Mm. Okay, so 125, this little turnaround that Rainy does. Which is going to lead us then to that sort of intro turnaround, you know, yeah. rehash. But listen how you could hear all these multi-note chords on the bass, which I, I heard the third one. I didn't hear the other two in the past. Yeah, the Rhodes is covering up a lot of that, or just in general, the uh, also the Lyricon. But when you get to hear that, it's like, yeah, there's three chords in a row from yep. Rainey. That's cool. Well, well done. And then we get to the famous Jay Graydon guitar solo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting to hear it isolated because you get a better sense for the tone, I think. Is it me or is it not the best tone in the world? What do you th- I know it was a different era and it was probably harkening back to more classic rock, but it's not the tone I associate typically with Jay Graydon. Hmm, that's a good question. I wonder how much of it is one, you're hearing it, like you say, in isolation. So some of the things that are being masked by other instruments. They're no longer there, so you're hearing some harmonics and things you wouldn't normally hear. And they've also possibly EQ'd it a certain way to make it cut through in a mix, again, because of all the masking of other parts. And now, with all that stripped away, that EQing sounds a bit extreme. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. Um, All right, we'll come back to that. The other thing I wanted to point out, though, is just how the bass and the drums really stick in the pocket groove during the solo section. And then for a long time thereafter, until we kind of get to the, where it's going to play out. But like, if we fast forward to like two twenty, just listen how locked in Rainey and Murata are. Yeah, and then in the third verse, you can really hear those accents on the hi-hat that 
Rick Murata talks about that he could never hear when he used to play with other musicians. But in this recording, he's like hearing everything he played. Yeah, while we're at it, I was able to. There's a small section in one of the videos where, uh, as the, the Russell is muting one track and bringing in others, there's a small section where only the drums play. So I was able to take that, extract it, and reconstruct uh, Murata's loop. So let's hear a little bit of that just for fun. So that's kind of cool to hear. That's just a loop of one bar that was available, but it gets you a good feeling for the groove, and you get to focus in on what he's doing with the hi-hats and uh, all that charm that's in there that just makes it jump. And, you know, just I hadn't even noticed it before, but I keep coming back to, as you're playing these little bits and I'm listening, that the how real dark, in a way, um, Rainey's tone is. I think of it as thin, at times, and I understand why that is. If you're playing that busy of a bass part and all those little uh, ghost notes or thumps that we're talking about, if you had a lot of bass in there, uh, not bass as in bass instrument, but bass as in bass and treble, a lot of boom at the bottom, then it's going to just be thumping all over the place and destroying your mix. So they go with a much tighter mid-heavy sound from him. But there isn't a lot of high end in there either. I don't know if it's flat wound strings or what it is. Sounds like it. Yeah, it does. Sounds so, like flat wounds that are about six months old after a tour. Yeah, like on a P bass or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Played through an Ampeg. Yeah, there you uh, go. Yep. All right. Uh, well, before we get out of here, uh, just a couple quick things because I know we're going to hit the the outro. Yeah. But uh, let's give uh, who we presume presume to be Steve Kahn a little more due with his. I think you called him gobbledygoos. Um, that is a technical term. I learned that one. It gets a little bit busier here and more creative. <laughs> Ever notice how Murata goes up to the ride, the bell of the ride symbol for that part? Check that yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. That that that's a classic trick. You know, when you yep. need that one extra lift, that's where you go. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So this solo at the end, it, when we did the Asia episode, we're like. Is There's that a little something that? there. Yeah, it's like you barely hear it, and then by the time it does start to stick out, they've faded it. So we always wondered if it was Graydon. And then we we sort of posed the question of that supposedly Graydon didn't know that his solo was picked until he heard it on the radio. And we asked him that specifically. Well, at least no one's ever talked about the, the fact that who played on the outro. So, you know... I, Obviously, they liked what he did enough <laughs> that they said, okay, give us some stuff for the end so that we have the same player in both spots. But let's give a listen to what uh, Jay gives us there. Yeah, I remember during the Asia episode, you posited that, boy, the tone sure sounds a lot like the mm-hmm. tone from the solo. When you hear it in isolation, it's the exact same tone. It's got to yeah. be him. and it goes on longer, so you're able to hear Graydon Licks and say, yes, that's yep. definitely him. Yep, interesting. Uh, my last part on this set of tracks is, did you notice at um, the 315 mark of our video here, um, 
the pattern of the bass slapping changes and it gets a little more busy and a little mm, more creative you might have to play that for me uh, i on. can't play it but oh you mean the video gotcha here goes Yeah, he adds in a little bit of that descending disco octaves thing. Yeah, it's funny because his his um, style of popping there, let's call it, that's when you're pulling on the the octave, right? Yeah, but he's not really snapping it hard no. against the fretboard. He's just kinda... he's, and all I can think of, he's trying to get away with it. Right, right. <laughs> he's hiding it from Beckard <laughs> yeah, Fagan. So it's like it's right. not really popping. I'm just kind of pulling. Yes, yes. There's a big difference between plucking and pulling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before we get to the vocals, which are interesting on their own, can we just hear it all together? Reassess assembled to see how different it is when you put the roads, the clavinet, the percussion, the lyricon, you put it all back in and it sounds like this. Well, yeah, when you hear the what we presume to be the lyricon in there and the roads and everything, the the lines that we were just focusing on, they do they they sort of disappear. They they become supportive. Yeah, and it's interesting to hear them brought up to uh, a point of focus. So, but there were things going back to uh, uh, when we did Rosanna. I said once I've heard them, I'll never be able to unhear them, and I can't. And so I'm, I presume the same will be true with this. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, so much a focus of this song we're going to get to now is the vocals, you know, Michael McDonald's vocals. But it it does shine a new light when you get to hear it without all of that stuff. You know? For sure, yeah. And those guys deserve their due because that that track, just the guitar, bass, and those muted things that that Khan is doing, they they're worthy of being lauded. Just by themselves, man. <laughs> Absolutely. That, I, I can't imagine trying to get three guys together that I know to be able to play and say, okay, let's try this. <laughs> I know. Like, oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, it's a good point. And remember, they were bringing in several bands to do different arrangements of these songs. Yeah, I wonder how many times they took a stab at this one. And which number was this? Good question. Would it be, would, I wonder even if they did it until they got one that they liked and then they were done, or would they do three, four, five, and then at a later time go back and listen to them, you know, so maybe they end up selecting band number two? Yeah. Or is it always one, two, three, finally we got it, we're done looking? Good I don't, question. I don't know. My you know, guess- they say that 
wherever the last place you look is where you find something. That's true. So that's true. I would just guess that it's the for this particular set of uh, mad scientists, it would be. Let's just record a bunch and we'll figure out later which one. That's we like. what I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah, I've never heard either way. Me neither. All uh, right, vocal breakdown video. How about that? Yes. So even though we're going to the vocals here, I, there's one little thing that sticks out in this, the way he has it mixed, the very beginning, that intro again, that after we hear where Murata enters with the pa-pa-pa-dun-dun-dun, you notice the bass. Pay attention to the bass. It starts a pattern that's a simplified version of the regular bass line. And as soon as the vocal comes in, then all of a sudden... Uh, Rainy starts adding all of the extra, like ghost notes and extra gobbledygook. That's bass gobbledygook. Okay, but, but you notice that he starts just simple, bum bum bum, and then it becomes boom 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 boom. Let's play that. Well, that's because he was hiding it. So, yeah. all right, let's let's uh, let's out, Mister Rainy. Here he is. I seen your picture. Your name and lots above it. You know, you would think that when you're entering and you got four bars before the vocal starts, that would be the time you'd show the stuff and then you'd sit back. Yep. It's odd that it's the other way around. But um, he gives us a good long section here where the uh, vocal and the uh, bass are together. I want to listen to some of that because what the, the takeaway for me is how well those two parts groove together. And... We, we we focus on the vocals that Michael McDonald br- brought into this, but often overlooked is maybe Fagan's vocal because Fagan isn't often talked about as this brilliant singer. He's considered serviceable and the right attitude for what Steely Dan were doing. Mm-hmm. But listen to how there's groove to his vocal. He is singing it so rhythmically hip. That it, the way that it locks with the bass is amazing, and it, it's not the vocal's not an afterthought. In fact, it sounds like it's triple tracked. Yeah. So, hearing these two together and the way that they groove by themselves with everything else stripped away was a just a mind blower for me. I seen your picture, your name and lots above it. This is your big debut. Is like a dream come true. So won't you smile for the camera? I know they're gonna love it. Peg, I like your pin shot. I keep it with your letter. So, the moment you've been waiting for, let's hear the vocals in isolation on the chorus. So we're going to get to hear Fagan. We're going to get to hear him against Michael McDonald's part with everything else stripped away so we can really hear how that went together. Oh, I thought the moment we've been waiting for was the preceding bass fill that Chuck Rainey sets up to get from verse to bass. So let's listen to that first and then... All right, and we'll let it roll into the vocals. Hit it. Perfect. I know I love you better. So there you have Pig! That's me in isolation. And then at the end, we get to hear those. Um, uh, I mean, they're Michael's vocals, but 
in the video that behind the music or classic albums where they talked about how they wanted it arranged to sort of mimic the way you would arrange horns in a, like a jazz big band section. And you really get a feel for just the way those harmonies are and the way that he sings the words sort of like not the way you would normally pronounce something in order to achieve this. So let's hit that one more time. It's your favorite foreign movie. Do you remember when we interviewed Straight No Chaser and uh, one of the two, I think it was uh, Jerome, said that when they were arranging their vocals for doing their Yacht Rock record, they're like, they're hearing all these notes really close to each other. And they're like, is that note even in the chord? And I said, all right, go try and figure out peg next. That was the chord I was trying to <laughs> that's I was the one. Any idea how many notes are in that chord? All of them, aren't they? Uh, I think so. Remember, going back to that video you were mentioning, yeah. the original uh, documentary, um, I think Michael McDonald says something about, like, he would send me back in there after doing one note, and then I'd have to do a half step, like, below it, yeah, which is going to be a complete mind meld, yeah, and then pull it off. And that's how you get that. They wanted that real tight chord. Yeah. It's, um, when, you, when you invert a chord... Because normally you would stack them a third apart, one, three, five, seven, nine. You know, they all have an interval between. But if you flip that chord somewhere in the middle, there's going to be notes that are half step or full step apart because of just, you know, the nature of flipping that. <laughs> and it's so at some point he would have had to go in and sing, say, a, a B and then go in and sing a B flat. You know, yeah. and your mind is, I don't know how you do that. You Especially know? if you're listening back to the B in the cans. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yourself. <laughs> it's yourself. <laughs> I bet they had to like mute that Probably. other track. Yeah. Um the other thing I never realized, I guess, you know, going back to that whole thing, is that I don't think I ever really heard the harmonies when they do the back to you. Um so you hear Michael McDonald kind of underneath Fagan. Let's just I guess let's just hear it one more time. All right. All right so, but listen to the back to you in the harmonies. Hey, it will come back to you. Another one of those things is probably buried a little bit because other instruments are making those same sort of accents hitting the same chords there. So, you know, you, you just don't hear some of those things are in a lower register. You know, it's yep. very, very cool. You know, it, um, we're blessed at 213 of this video and where we drop out all the guitarist, drums and bass and uh, let's just enjoy that for a minute. I like your pin shot. I keep it with your letter. Done up in blueprint blue. It sure looks good on you. And when you smile for the camera, I know I love you better. Sounds just like you in there. I know, I know. Well, yeah. if I hear it again, see, I, I, he sounds just like me. Anywho, you know what? If you ever want to 
if you have headphones on and you want to go back and listen to that video and really crank it up, it's not musical, but what's cool is you can hear, you know, um, Fagan in the studio. You can hear the bleed from his headphones going into the mic, and you can hear some of the track. I yeah. always find that fascinating. Yeah, you feel like you're right there. Yeah. You're hearing something you shouldn't. It's taboo. So when you sing along to the song, um, do you just kind of do, either in your head or in your car or whatever, do you do all the, and all that stuff, and then, or do you sing just with um, along with Fagan? I think I sing more with Fagan. I, I guess I never really applied any thought to that. But well, either have I. That's why I asked. Yeah. Because I could have never told you that the words were "Then the shutter falls." You see it all in three D. <laughs> I just kind of just I don't even pay attention to. I the, have no idea what I was singing, but it wasn't that. It wasn't I know that. that. <laughs> I did know it's your favorite foreign movie, though. Yeah, that one I knew. I always thought that's that was what you the kind of song. The foreign movie. Yeah, that's how you sing that. That's how you sing that. All right, well, like we did at the beginning, let's hear uh, it all in a finished product with the vocals. In 3D. like to hear the tracks though that we missed so I, it would be cool to hear just the isoed roads and stuff like that the iso clavinet yeah yeah that'd be cool and lyricon i'd like to hear what that sounded like by itself exactly it's so mixed in there okay russell remix you know what to do yeah well i guess then without further ado yeah that sort of speaks for itself doesn't it <laughs> yeah. all right that's an inside bit to an inside bit yep all right speaking of inside bits onto the lightning round Uh, you want to start us off for uh, the lightning round found at sea? I will. I received a text this week from uh, our friend Tris, Tris and Bowden, and we last had him on. He told us about the project he was doing where he was recording with Firefall, and it was um, the project has actually started to be released. He wasn't sure the release date at the time, but the first single that has come out is actually one that Tris played on, and it's also one that Lance Hoppen of Orleans played bass on. So uh, their concept for this covers album that they put out would be songs from bands that they shared the stage with. Oh, cool. So presumably either uh, Firefall was warming up or vice versa. In this case, I think they were probably warming up Leonard Skinnerd. And so we've got Tristan Bowden, Lance Hoppin, and the guys at Firefall covering Skinner's Simple Man. As my son would say, goes hard mm -hmm. in every which way. I told that to Tris when he said it to me too. Yeah, I'm like the guitar work. That's Jock doing a killer guitar solo yeah. in there. Uh, and I mean, he was right about the singer. Yes, Ooh. pipes, pipes for days. Yeah. All right. I, uh, so uh, for me, I got a quick question for you, um, which is sort of found at sea. Are you familiar with this Quantum Criminals book, Ramblers, Wild Gamblers, and Other Soul Survivors from the Songs of Steely Dan? Not really. I've seen people post it yeah but i don't know anything about it either tell well, me i i don't know much about it other than i was going to ask people to comment um 
maybe in this uh, Facebook post. If they've read it. If they like the book. Yeah, I know Listener Mead has read it. He he thought highly of it. Okay, good. So my found at sea was actually something that was lost at sea, and now it's found at sea again. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so one day about... Eight weeks ago, I don't know how long ago it was, I'm listening to the bridge on Sirius, and there's this song that comes on. It's by Cat Stevens, and I'm like, this is actually mm-hmm. Yachty. Ooh. <laughs> Not in a, hey, I think, uh, you know, Peace Train should be Yacht Rock kind of way. <laughs> like, this actually sounds Yachty. So I go home, and I'm like, oh, hey, what was the name of that song? And I am, I couldn't remember the name of the song. I should have taken a pic of the yeah, dashboard yeah, or something. So for weeks, I've been like, what is it? I go through his entire catalog looking for a title that sounds familiar, and I can't find it. So I was going to pose it to the people. If you know of a Cat Stevens song that actually does sound yachty or Yeah, and longer boats doesn't count. No. Yeah. I was going to beg people to enlighten me. Okay. But then I found it. Ooh. <laughs> Here it is. I, I'm leading with my chin here because oh, I'm not boy. sure exactly how yachty it really was, but here's the song that I found. It's called Two Fine People. La, 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 la. You know, I wish for you, baby, nothing but good times ahead. Anything that heaven can give you, I can give you instead. La, 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 la. So I think the bass line, like you, you just mentioned off air, is sort of hinting at it. You got the electric piano of some sort in there that's trying to reel me in. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> nice one. <laughs> uh, and it's it's a cleaner, more refined recording than is typical get from him. Because a lot of his early stuff was just him banging out the tunes on acoustic guitar, and then they tried to add drums later, and you can hear it's not very tight. Yeah. This was clearly recorded as a band. You're right, it's not yachty, yeah. but you could hear... The culture is even getting into Cat uh, Stevens. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, buried uh, treasure. A buried treasure. So we talked earlier about the unique um, take that Steve Kahn had on our favorite kind of palm mute thing. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different. Not exactly. Well, I came across a track by Dion Warwick off the Friends in Love record, which is the one that has a lot of Yachty personnel on it. And I think I've heard the song several times, so it's not so buried, but kind of buried. But check out this take on the palm mutes on a song called For You. Yeah, that guitar uh, muting thing reminds me of, you'll have to say uh, who the personnel is, but it reminds me of uh, Morning, Jay Graydon, where it's multiple notes as opposed to single note, and it's really bright tone. Almost that, uh, uh, there's there's like a world music, African sort of vibe to happen in there. So who is it? Tell me, tell me. Um, well, it's Jay Graydon. Is it really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well done. Wow. Yep. So I mentioned that the album has Yachty personnel. That is Steve Picaro on the roads. Okay. That is David Foster also on the roads. Jake Graydon's playing rhythm, synth, guitar, percussion. Robbie Buchanan is not on that track, but Michael Boddicker joins him on the record, as does Michael O'Mardian, Dean Park, Steve Lukather, Larry Carlton, Michael Landau, Abel Boreal, who is playing bass on that. Nice. Yeah, I picked you that predicted one too, that. Air. Mike Picaro's on bass. Steve Gadd's playing drums on that track. So are these Yachty? I think these are Yachty people. Jeff Picaro. Who's uh, producing? Uh, is that Jay? And what year, too? Jay Graydon is producer. Okay. Came out in 1982. 
Right. I'll bet you that's the same year of that uh, Jero um, Boogie Down album, which had Morning. 1983. Uh Uh-huh. See? Yep. This is why you asked me to join this podcast all those years ago. I didn't ask you. You asked if you could join. That's false. Yep. All right. So, yep. But so, anyways, back to the original point. The multi-note palm mute is cool. And apparently that's a product of 1J grade, among others. All right, well, on to my buried treasure. This is sort of um, timely because I'm going to make you guess something. I was going to send this to you in advance, but I became curious to see if you could pick this out, if you got the same vibe from it that I did. Oh, boy. So I don't know that you have any prior knowledge of this. Hopefully not, so that you can uh, guess with a blank slate. Tom Scott, uh, 1982. Is he on Lyricon? No. Oh. Well, he could be at some point, but not on this particular... Um, here, here's your personnel for the, uh, no, I'm not going to do personnel yet because I wanted you to guess something. So 1982 desire album. This is a song called sure enough. Let's play it. And then I'll see what you get. Vibes you're catching there? What comes to mind? Anything at all? Mm, uh, it sounds like Tom Scott. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think, should I be recognizing the rhythm guitar part? I think you should be recognizing the vocalist. Oh. That's the clue. Hmm. Do you want to go back and hear it again? Let's hear it again. I'm afraid to say who I think it might be. Well, let's hear it. Well, let's play a uh, game of 20 questions, but it'll okay. only be three right, questions. that's good. Um, is the person a frontman of another band? Yes. Is the person um, in the yacht... Is the band in the yacht rock genre, at least yes. partially? Is um, the person an import from another country? No. Mm, I was going to go with Peter Beckett. No. Okay. That's Richard Page. Oh! And to me, when I hear this tune, that sounds like pure pages so uh i mean even the style of the song so the song was written by richard page uh steve george who's also in there tom scott and john lang so this album is so loaded with personnel uh but that to me sounds like a pages track so here's now remember this is a tom scott album which also includes pete chrislieb so you brought in another sax player oh wow uh you also brought in ernie watts (laughs) (laughs) oh he brought in jim horn as well (laughs) i know him but here's the other guys. You got Victor Feldman, uh, Michael Boddicker, Vinny Caliuda, uh, Buzz Featon, Chuck Finley, Steve George, Jerry Hay, Jim Horn, Michael Landau, Neil Steubenhaus. I wow. mean, this this uh, album is loaded. But yeah, I've heard that and I thought, am I listening to Pages here? Yeah, I can see why. That's yeah. definitely, yeah, now that you say that, I can totally hear it. Yeah, um, I know it's hard to guess that from a blank slate, but yep. onward to the off the map segment. Well, just real before we okay. go onward, just... What do you call it when a cat brings in a bunch of cats to play on his solo record? Uh, Paulito da Costa did the same thing. Yeah, well, who else is going to play on it? Yeah, that's true. You have a bunch of lead singers, maybe? I <laughs> would <laughs> get Richard Page and Steve George. There you go. On, man. All right, perfect. All right. All right, off the map. Speaking of lead singers, we had uh, a recent passing of the great Astrid Gilberto in uh, 
recent weeks, not that long ago. And on one of my shuffles, whether it is purely coincidental or this was Spotify playing the room, who knows. But from uh, 1987, Basha, Time and Tide, here's an off-the-map one for you, a song called Estrude. Nice little sophisticated bossa feel there. You bring in bossa a lot. I think bossa, bossa, well, bossa playing bossa. Yes, yeah, both. But both. yeah, that's at least the second time you've brought yeah, bossa into is. off the map. It is, but that was fitting. So yes. you know, I want to pay some honor to the great Astrid Gilberto. Yes, sir. All right. Well, for my off the map, I am reaching deep into the viewer mailbag. <laughs> Mails in. Uh, this is listener Larry, who we haven't heard from in a while. But listener Larry writes thusly, Hey, fellers, still loving the podcast after listening for a couple of years. That's crazy. Wow. Um, I just, after all these episodes, wish that I could better recognize what is nyat and be able to determine, to determine why it's nyat. <laughs> you and everyone else, man. Yeah, us too. If you get it figured out, listener Larry, let us know. Yeah. Uh, he says, I know yacht when I hear it, which is what we said last week. Whoops. But sometimes I don't know when I'm not hearing it. Well, that's when the radio's off. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> or when you're listening to Sirius XM, that's true. Yeah. Hey, uh, anyway, I found this song or Cat Stevens, by the way. Anyway, I found this song on my Discover Weekly Spotify playlist. There you go. It's yeah. by an R&B funk slow jam band called Confunction. Have you ever yeah, heard of that? I remember Confunction. Yeah. Do you remember a tune that uh, he says he's been a fan for the, of theirs 45 years, but he had not heard this song? It's called California One. He says, I know it's not on the app. But it certainly is a smooth tune. Let's hear it. say uh you know we're not in the business of certifying tunes uh, let's we start aren't. there but i would oh. have to say that your yacht radar is pretty strong there yeah uh, listener uh larry was it listener larry listener yes larry, I, yeah i mean i'm hearing a lot of those sensibilities for sure whether the finished package is a yacht rock song that's for someone else to decide but i think you are on the right track with your sense and feel yep well as we're uh Rolling the train away here out of the uh, station. Let's listen to their number one spun song and see if this is a little yachty. It's Love's Train. Nope, there you go. Uh, I don't know if that's yachty, but... Uh, uh, only one way to end this episode. And that's... Ahoy! 